A range of factors likely contribute to the incidence of medication-related visits to the ER, prescriber's instructions, a patient's adherence to those instructions, the drugs themselves, and many more. How serious are many of these events, though? How can medical professionals help prevent these episodes? You're listening to ReachMD XM157. Welcome to Focus on Pharmacy. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Turk, PharmD. And our guest is Dr. Peter Zed, PharmD, a pharmacy specialist in emergency medicine and an associate professor in the Department of Emergency Medicine and the College of Pharmacy at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Dr. Zed is the lead author of research published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal on medication-related visits to the emergency room. Welcome, Dr. Zed. Thank you for having me. We're discussing the incidence and preventability of medication-related visits to the emergency department. Dr. Zed, briefly, what was your study about? Our study attempted to prospectively evaluate the magnitude of medication-related problems that resulted in emergency department visits. We attempted over a 12-week period to look at a population of just over a 1,000 patients that presented to a large tertiary care teaching hospital in Western Canada, which resulted in about a 12% rate of adverse drug-related events, meaning the reason that they presented to that emergency department was, in fact, related to their medication. Which medications or classes of meds were most commonly implicated in ED visits? We certainly saw in our study a wide range of medications involved. The mix, however, if you break it up into larger classes, the central nervous system acting agents, opioid-containing analgesics, antipsychotics, benzodiazepines, drugs of the central nervous system class was the largest population of class. It was about 40% of the population. That was followed by a number of medication classes that kind of were close together with regards to their rate. Cardiovascular agents were almost 13%, antimicrobial agents about 11%, and hormone-modifying agents and musculoskeletal agents sat around 10%. So there was a representation that was not unlike previous work, looking at adverse drug events and things like hospitalizations and emergency visits and ambulatory visits, but it was those were the big drug classes that we observed. How severe were the, uh, the drug-related cases? We looked at kind of a standard classification system of kind of mild, moderate, severe, and fatal. And fortunately for our patients, none of the patients uh, had resulted in a fatality as a result of their emergency department visit due to medications. However, we did have a population of patients that sat in the, in the severe range that looked upwards of the 15% range. And the severe rate range were, was defined as something that could have been life-threatening or resulted in a permanent disability as a result of their presentation. So these would have been things such as serious bleeding complications, potentially from anticoagulation therapy or hypoglycemic episodes that resulted in some type of resuscitation because of oral hypoglycemic agents or insulin. So the biggest class was moderate in severity, which was simply an intervention was required to manage their presentation. But more concerning, I think, is that group of 15% that was severe. Just from a frequency perspective, how did adverse events or drug-related adverse events uh, most commonly manifest clinically? As a kind of an extension of the drug classes that were affected, central nervous system presentation oftentimes resulted in things such as increasing pain, problems with confusion. We had a number of cases of seizures as a result of being non-compliant with anti-epileptic medications. That was kind of some of the larger classes within the central nervous system class. Gastrointestinal problems, as we all commonly see with medications, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, constipation, abdominal pain were kind of large within that group. Within the cardiovascular medication group, we saw a couple of arrhythmias, uh, some 
problems with blood pressure, both being elevated blood pressure as well as hypotension. And then we also saw a number of patients experience heart failure exacerbations because of problems with their medications, failure to use their medications, or simply not being on best practice medications that they should have, in fact, been on to manage their heart failure. And so it was really an extension of the drug classes that we, of the types of things that we saw as a result of their presentation. And how did you determine causality? Causality was a difficult one in this area because there's, for some of these adverse events, because we used a comprehensive definition of adverse drug events, we simply could not use a single validated tool because one doesn't exist for capturing all the things that could happen. So we ended up using two different tools. One's the Naranjo probability scale, which most healthcare professionals have seen or heard of in the past, but it's really been designed and validated in patients that are specifically having an adverse drug reaction. And so as a result, through previous work from members of our group, we've modified the Naranjo scale, obviously not validated, but modified it to the point where some of the general principles of determining causality, such as temporal course, challenge, de-challenge, were incorporated into the modification of the Naranjo scale. Because we did that modification, we also used a World Health Organization causality score as well, just to be sure that we were robust in our determination of causality. And the the two actually came out quite good with regard to its correlation for ability to predict the causation of the drug and the emergency department visit. How often did you find a drug-related event resulted in a hospital admission from the ED? Yeah, the hospitalization rate was one of our surprise findings, and the general population within our emergency department had about a 23% rate of, of hospitalization as a result of their, of their presentation to the emergency department. When the patients presented with a drug-related cause, we found the rate of hospitalization was about 36%. So it was actually surprising to us that we actually saw a greater number of patients being admitted to hospital. When those patients were admitted, we also observed about a medium three-day length of stay that was, in fact, longer than the patients that would have been admitted for a non-drug-related cause. How often did you find that an adverse event was, or a drug-related adverse event was actually preventable? Our preventability rate for this particular study was found to be 68%. When you first hear that number, I'm sure many of the listeners will think that's such a high number. But in fact, the 68% preventability rate that we did observe was consistent with previous work that has been done in in a number of different settings. There's been uh, preventability rates are consistently described as being between 50 and 70%. Some previous work we had done in our area also suggested a 70% preventability rate. So we fell as expected in that range that's been previously described and from our previous work. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Focus on Pharmacy. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Turk. Our guest is Dr. Peter Zed, PharmD, a pharmacy specialist in emergency medicine and an associate professor in the Department of Emergency Medicine and the College of Pharmacy at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. We're discussing the incidence and preventability of medication-related visits to the ED. Dr. Zed, were there any independent predictors of drug-related ED visits that you found in your study? We actually did a number of different analyses to try to determine the factors. And what we found is that when we univariantly looked at the factors, the three big ones that came out were the number of comorbidities, the number of medications the patient received, as well as the use of multiple prescribers for the medication. When you kind of put those back into a multivariant regression, only the number of medications independently associated with a drug-related visit. The more medications the patient was receiving, the more likely they were to have a medication-related visit to the eMERGE. What did you consider to be potential confounders that you took into account in the regression analysis? We looked at a number of factors, both patient factors as well as prescriber factors, some system factors, and some drug factors. So things such as age, gender were evaluated from a patient's perspective. Having a family physician or a regular general practitioner 
practitioner that cared for the patient versus not was one of our factors, using multiple prescribers. Being on a medication regimen that involved multiple medications was factored into the model, in addition to the use of a compliance aid. So we looked at patients that were actually used a compliance aid versus did not. Um, Other factors that may have been contributory to medication-related problems, such as renal dysfunction or liver dysfunction, they were also evaluated as potential confounders that may have, in fact, predicted medication misadventures. The model was robust in looking at a number of different factors from a patient system, drug, and prescriber perspective. How does your study compare to the other literature on this matter? It kind of falls in the middle with the percentage rate that we found. The rate of drug-related visits has been reported as high as 28% in some studies. The problems with some of those studies that report a rate that's that high is oftentimes there are select out a patient population that is inherently high risk to begin with. Retrospective studies will report rates much lower than that, somewhere in the 5% or less range. And the problem with the retrospective design is you're likely going to underreport the events simply due to data loss or inaccurate documentation or an inability to actually determine the nature of a visit at a single point in time in the emergency department. Our goal was to really look at all comers, and we wanted to know, not in a high-risk patient population, we wanted to know that in, in the general population that visits an emergency department, what is the percentage of patients that are there because of a medication-related visit? So our our 12% rate kind of falls in as to what, what we expected to find, but does kind of fall in the middle of the range as to what's been previously described. Your study, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, was conducted in Canada. Is, is there any reason to believe that there are any national differences that would prevent generalizing your findings to the United States or any other countries? There's healthcare differences that exist between Canada and the U.S., but the reality is these pa- the patients that are being managed with medications should theoretically be the same in both countries. And so there's really, we took some steps in our study to try to improve the generalizability to general populations of patients. So what you would expect in a small rural versus an urban setting, a tertiary care center versus a, a primary care center or a secondary care center, or certainly you would not, you, we don't expect there to, there to be large differences. I will say, however, that the study that was conducted in a center that did not care for pediatric patients, and so the pediatric patient population was not represented at all in our study, and I would, it would probably be inaccurate to extrapolate our findings to a pediatric patient population. So how do you feel your study contributes then to the understanding of drug-related ED visits? I think what our study does now is I think it fills a gap that has existed in the literature with regards to really appreciating what the magnitude of the problem is. There have been other well-conducted studies prospectively designed that look at the number of hospitalizations that occur because of medications. There are studies that have attempted to look at adverse drug-related events after patients leave the hospital, as well as in the ambulatory care setting. I think what our study attempts to do now is to fill in that last piece And together, we can now all, I guess, appreciate the fact that we have a large problem facing us with regards to adverse drug-related events. These visits will take up a significant amount of resources in our emergency departments. And I think that we need to take steps, and these steps are not easy ones, but we have to start to take steps to try to reduce the magnitude of the visits and kind of move past this epidemiologic assessment and start to look at interventions that we can do within our healthcare system to try to reduce these patients from coming into the eMERGE. Have you identified at your institution any offshoot studies that you're or uh, or future research that you're interested in conducting on the basis of your findings from this study? Yeah, there's a number of different areas that I think that you can go with future work. The solution to this problem is not an easy one, and coming up with the magic bullet to reduce the drug-related visits is not 
simply not there. There's a number of things that we're going to attempt to look at over the next few years, and one of the probably the earliest ones we'll look at is some interventions that can be done to a patient population. And when I say intervention, meaning how can we, we set this patient up to be on best practice to be monitored properly when they leave the institution, have their medications adjusted as need be in a timely manner. So almost in a chronic disease type of management scenario so that every member of the healthcare team can contribute to that patient having and giving them the best chance for the best patient outcomes from their drug therapy. And I think that's some of the things that we'll start to look at probably in a randomized control trial type of model where we will look at interventions that may impact the reduction of adverse drug events in general. And Emergency department is only one place that they could land, but it could ultimately have less visits to the family physician, less hospitalizations, and hopefully less emergency department visits as well. We've been talking with Dr. Peter Zed about the incidence and preventability of medication-related visits to the ED. Dr. Zed, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm Dr. Charles Turk. You've been listening to Focus on Pharmacy. Please be sure to visit our website at reachmd.com, featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. And thank you for listening.